Welcome to the student manager. It's Fonger News and joining me, we have Haley Bain. She's a Gamecock Hi. alumni from the University of South Carolina, but she's in the real working world now. What's up, Haley? What's up? How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's Friday. You're not out in the mountains. Normally, Haley's, we'll get into what she does. She has an exciting job. I got to meet her when we were in Aspen. She works uh, alongside one of my friend's brother in the marketing department. But part of that job, uh, you get to go out and do what you love, outdoor sports, skiing, everything, correct? Yeah. And I'll get into that in a moment, but I needed to niche down and find something that I was so passionate about. And it just really made the interview process and the hiring process so much easier after I did that. Excellent. Well, obviously, we're going to take care of some housekeeping items. We are brought to you by, sponsored by my friend's whiskey company, The Journeyman. Right? If you're out there in the mountains in Colorado or if you guys are listening, The Journeyman, Sean Pronger and his brother, Chris Pronger, that's right, former NHL players. They have their own distillery in Canada, Whiskey, The Journeyman. So if you're a guest, if you're listening, you got to pick it up. Uh, and I highly encourage you, Haley, if you're out there in the mountains, you want something to drink, you can drink the journeyman. But let's get right. right to it. First right. of all, I love the swag. I love the gear, game cards. <laughs> and for those here in South in Southern California, I consider you all the real USC. Do you ever hear any batter? You are the real USC, not Southern California, University of South Carolina in Columbia. That's the real USC, correct? Yes, yes. It's, it, it was founded before Southern California, so how could it not be? Exactly. You know, when I was out there taking my kids uh, to visiting the campus, there's that big water tower that says USC. I remember taking yeah. a picture. They call themselves SC too. So <laughs> yeah. is, you're from Virginia, all right? And we're going to be talking about the interviewing and hiring process, what to do, what not to do, how to help students. But you're like my first Gamecock, USC, University of South Carolina student on this podcast in SEC school. You came from Virginia Beach all the way down to Columbia. Why? Tell us that story. All right. So my parents are from the South. I wanted something, you know, a big Southern SEC school. Um, <laughs> parties hard, but works hard. Uh, Greek life was good um, and it wasn't too crazy. Um, so it's a great mix. A lot of kids are from, uh, out of state, so they give great out of state help and it's a really good mix of locals and Northerners, really people from all over. Did you have a lot of friends or did you know a lot of people from the West, like West of the Mississippi, Southern California, because a lot of people out here, a lot of my audience followers, they're Southern California people. They're going to the SEC, but they're going to schools such as, Georgia, Auburn, Ole Miss. They're not venturing mm -hmm. out to like South Carolina. So how, what would be your selling point to them? Did you have friends there? Uh, how can we get South Carolina on the map? Yeah. So my best friend, um, she is from Manhattan beach in LA and she went to USC and we were roommates for two years. I think she picked it because she really wanted to get out of state because um, she had never lived out of California and she knew that she wanted to move back at some point. So she wanted a Southern school, but 
same as me, like some Southern schools are pretty intense, <laughs> especially with Greek life. Um, so we, she definitely wanted a little balance. And she knew that there was a lot of out, out of state um, help um, at USC and just a, a good mix of, of people. And let's talk about, you know, just getting in the requirements. Do you even recall, because now you have graduated and we'll, we'll get yeah. into the real world, real life, that, but coming out of high school at Virginia Beach, your unweighted GPA, your ACT, SAT, which is optional now, but kind of just give us a sense of what it takes. Do you need to have that unweighted 4.0? Do you need to have that 30 plus ACT? Um, or I'll just get right right to the question. Were you a B student or were you that top A tier student? Okay, so I swam in high school, two practices a day. Uh, that was like my life. So I got to be honest with you, I was falling asleep in class. <laughs> so I was, I was um, pretty much a B average student. Uh, I think my, I really don't remember my end GPA in high school. I think it was, uh, I think it was three sevens, seven five. So not, not the worst, not the best. Um, I knew that USC was, you know, I, I think that I had a pretty good admissions essay. Um, I had a lot of experience, just life experience. My dad's in the military. So I wrote a lot about just like moving around and life experience in that way and just team experience from swimming and what that taught me. But I think you just really have to sell yourself uh, and be confident. And I'll get more into that with the job process, but also, you know, applying for colleges, it it goes both ways. And let's, let's get into, you, you were, uh, is it Alpha Chi Delta? Correct at USC. Alpha Z Delta, almost. Alpha Z Delta. Okay. <laughs> it's an XI, yeah. And people always ask me, they're like, okay, so what do you think about this campus? What do you think about this campus? Here's what I remember from South Carolina. First, I'm going to go into the athletic facilities. The basketball arena wasn't even built yet. They were actually digging the ground yeah. in a beautiful facility. You're a student, at, I think you were part of the club team in swimming, correct? In the surf I was, team, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. but that whole athletic facility. Uh, the academic center for the students at South Carolina, top-notch facilities. Right. Yeah, of course. They were great. Um, I know that the business center was new. The basketball arena was new. Um, the athletic village was new. So I was, I was pretty lucky in that sense. Uh, I didn't really hang out at the athletic village only to watch my D1 friends. Um, but yeah. we I had a good time in club swimming. It was great. Another great organization to just – you just have to find your organizations and, and run with them. Here was my, and you can agree to disagree or you can convince me otherwise. My negative was the Greek system was kind of away from campus in a little circle or little block. It really wasn't on campus. It seemed separated. Correct me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong. Being a student, being part of the Greek system, was it really like that? Or did you feel a sense that you weren't part of the campus? You were out there in the, in the boondocks? Um, I understand what you're saying. I didn't feel that way. We had like a good shuttle system that would connect us. So definitely if we had, you know, if people had classes at the business center it, or the, yeah, the business um, building, it was, it was fairly close. So it would be a good walk. But my friend and I were just talking about this. From like the furthest building on campus to Greek um, Greek Village, it was about a thirty five minute walk. So we we took shuttles for that, um, okay. but definitely got all our steps in. And what I really liked about Greek life there was that 
we got to eat lunch and dinner at the house um, from our chefs. So it was just a really fun, like we would, we would all go between classes to eat lunch together um, and hang out and watch movies on the couch or like do homework. Um, and it was a great sense of community that I got there. Talk about the game day experience because the football stadium <laughs> is also, also far, far away from campus, right? Yeah. Like, now that is annoying. <laughs> this is why we have this podcast because people really right. want to hear when you go to listen to a regional admission counselor, or you go to a tour, they're going to tell you all the great things you want to hear. But a mm-hmm. student may not know this, a parent may not know this. But that's kind of what I observed. So the football stadium, it's kind of like in the middle. It's in Columbia. It's not even near the campus, not near the Greek system. So right. how was and the, the, the stadium's full? Game day Saturday is great. But talk to us about the tailgating, the partying, like is the, just getting around. Right. Here are the pros. (laughs) Since it is far from campus, there is no traffic like through campus on game day, really. So you kind of avoid that, which is great because I feel like it really, really clogs up over there. There are shuttle systems. So there's a shuttle from like, um, you know, the main street on campus um, up by like the student center, which is like near all the dorms. So those are free shuttles. And then there are also some near Greek village. So those will take you to uh, around the stadium, which was really nice because I mean, nobody wants to get an Uber, but you know, we did it sometimes. And then sometimes people would walk, which was far, but also kind of fun. <laughs> um, Just leave early. Like, leave early. Yeah. Just walk there. Um, I will say the heat, though, is a big uh, deterrent for walking because it does get sweltering there with the humidity. Um, But the pregame football parties were really fun. Um, You know, it's an SEC school, so it's a big party school. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, sometimes we'd feel like, going all out on a game day and sometimes we would go for a couple hours and then we would go home and make like a really nice lunch or something but um it's a good mix you can really find your friends and like do whatever you want to do favorite bar in columbia south carolina okay so jake's is the best but they they are really strict so it's more of like a senior bar so it's really fun when you get to be that age and you feel like you're on top of the world really um your top dog and you know it's all older kids there so it's really fun um and then you know earlier years <laughs> uh, yes. i was just about uh, to say this is the underage fake id favorite bars yes our freshmen right. can get into I'm a little bit nervous because I think Five Points, which is the bar scene there, the the downtown, I think they shut down quite a bit of bars, but I'll just tell you, um, Bird Dog was my favorite. Uh, And then Saloon, they would do 50 cent shots before 11 p.m. So we'd go there first. Uh, I would go out with $5 in my pocket and have enough. Like it is so cheap. I don't know if they've changed they've probably changed that, but I would seriously, I would, I would be like, Oh, I need to limit myself. I'd bring $5 in my pocket. I'd be able to get five or six drinks out of that. Like 50 cent shots before 11, they would go to bird dog. And then Moosehead was a really good country bar. And that was really fun. There was a, 
there was a bull, a mechanical bull. That was the best. Um, Everybody loves yeah, a mechanical so bull. Yeah. Those are, those are three of my favorite ones. And then Jake's is, you know, something that you get to look forward to when you, when you actually turn 21. 50 cent shots. What could you possibly be serving for a 50 cent shot? That's nasty. I, I, I mean, don't want to think about it. I mean, we get like green tea shots or something like that. All right. Yeah. Four years into college. Now, junior and senior year, let's talk about the transition. When did you start thinking about internships? Okay. So I think my junior year, I had an internship my second semester. And that was, I had, I took an internship class so that I would have less hours for school, but my internship would count, you know? Um, so that was really helpful because you have one less class, but then you have your internship. I think that's when COVID happened. So I was interning at the hospital in the marketing department there. So I only got to do about half a semester, but it still counted. It was fine. And then I did another internship that was remote and it was based out of LA and it was a um, like a social media um, marketing internship as well. And then a lot of my classes that were really niche and specialty to my major were um, in my senior year. I used those a lot in my portfolio as well. So I was going to get into that how, I mean, if you love your major by that time, you are having so much fun in your, in your junior and senior year classes. And, uh, I think good advice would be to like, take the lead in your group projects, um, save all your work and like really, really work hard on your group, uh, your group projects and your final deliverables. Cause those will be, you can use those to get jobs. You can, you put those in your portfolio. Like I, my portfolio was like fully built out from my college classes and like a little bit of internship. So really, really, uh, take advantage of that. So your advertising major, did you have resources at the real USC, South Carolina to help <laughs> with the advertising internship for the summer internships uh, to prepare you for your junior and senior year? Or did you have to go out on your own, seek out your own company's network? Talk about that. Okay. So I'll, I'll start out by saying that I first uh, went into college with a public health major um, because I was told that if I went into marketing or like anything creative that I wouldn't be able to get a job, which is just not true. Um, so I chose public health and I, I am interested in public health. Um, but, you know, I think at the end of my sophomore year, I was like, or maybe the middle of my sophomore year, I was just like really reflecting on what gets me excited. And I, you know, I grew up like making commercials with my friends and like <laughs> getting like really excited about how, like a quality creative piece, like shapes a brand and shapes like um, consumers mindset and a perspective of a brand. And I thought that was just like so fun and cool. And so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to advertising. I have to, and I did still minor in public health, so I didn't lose any um, credits or anything. Your question was, can you repeat it? <laughs> oh, in the advertising school. You were a blogger and a uh, influencer before bloggers and influencers came out. <laughs> and you were making commercials, and you like making commercials in high school. I know, but right? I just obviously advertising, but what did USC do help to prepare? Like, did you have to go? Did they have companies come on campus? Did you have to meet with a advertising career counselor to get some internships? How did you find these opportunities? 
Right. Um, so advertising was part of the journalism school. It wasn't part of the marketing um, business school, which uh, was more creative. And I really, really liked it. Um, our teachers were really helpful. They um, set us up for success. They showed us how to build out a portfolio. They showed us how to, um, you know, compile all of our like final deliverables into um, something that looks really good. And I'm also really creative. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, you know, we would talk to our advisors um, about jobs post-college, but I will say it was really up to you to make yourself stand out and put yourself out there. Um, I mean, I always think like colleges will try really hard to prepare you for the world post-college and they can't because like college is such a different weird experience you're living with all your best friends you're going to these classes that hopefully you like um you're part of these organizations you have this sense of um, community sense of purpose and then with a handshake all of a sudden it's over and you have to like go out and search for your new identity and it's insane like nobody prepares you for like the sadness of the first year post-college but I will say you have to grind and put yourself out there because it will it will pay off so yes, definitely I used the resources that were available, resume, resume, um, building workshops. Uh, my teachers, uh, my professors were, were really nice. They wrote me a lot of recommendations um, and I can reach out to them anytime and chat with them, but it's ultimately up to you. Let's talk about that grind because I, I tell students, I tell my own daughters that are going through this process, uh, internships and, and graduating, getting a real job, right? It's a right. job in itself. Oh yeah. Interviewing and hiring process. So give us an example. Let's talk about, because this is what I think audience and my followers need to listen to. Talk about the numbers game. Talk about mm -hmm. how many opportunities you need to go out and interview for and just the networking, that whole process. Take us through that process, what Haley Bain went through upon graduation <laughs> to get your first real career job. Right. Okay. So I had started applying around December um, of my senior year, which is pretty early because if jobs are, you know, posting around then, um, they're wanting to hire pretty quickly. Um, so it just it does depend on like your specialty, your major, what you're what you're into, because, you know, some jobs will be lined up for, you know, more people in STEM. Um, but with marketing or anything creative business like that, I think really April and May is kind of when you have to start grinding because those jobs that are posted will be moving quickly to hire. Um, I didn't get my first job offer until uh, July after college. So I lived in my college apartment for a little bit longer, worked a summer job, kind of still building out my, my portfolio with that. I did like social media and photography for a surf shop in Columbia. And I was just applying, applying, applying. Um, so I got two job offers actually in July and one was remote and one was in person in San Diego. Uh, I really wanted to travel for a year, so I turned down the one in San Diego. Um, but it was very niche. It was um, like very uh, advertising focused for um, the military, actually, uh, in a in a health actually actually a health military setting, which is very niche for me because I grew up military. 
public health minor advertising video, all of that. I sometimes still regret that uh, decision that I turned it down, but I did get the chance to travel for a year with a remote job and build out my portfolio with a lot of free freelance work as well. So I had a job at a small business based in um, Virginia, remotely traveled. Then I, uh, let's say last May. So almost around this time, I was like, you know, it's time to start looking for something stable. Um, and I was like, I really need to pick a niche or I'm just like, being too broad and I'm not going to get a job. So, um, I started taking some freelance clients that were in like the outdoor industry and in the, uh, extreme sport kind of, uh, industry as well. And I had this one client who was a surf instructor. Sorry, I'm being really long-winded of this story, but I had this one client who was a surf instructor and I only worked for him for about a month, but I used that in about every interview process um, that I got close with uh, Mm -hmm. getting a job as of the most recent um, time I was applying. So it's really about picking something that you're passionate about. You're easy. You you can talk about anything you're passionate about. So you have to be confident with it. Talk about your passions. Really hone in on those niches. And like, I had so much experience, but like the most thing I talked about was that one month of work for this guy, uh, for this surf instructor guy, because it was so niche and what I wanted to do. What would you say though, when you're interviewing though, what what do you think was the hardest challenge? What would you tell someone listening not to do? Okay. So what I did a lot (laughs) Since last May, I was interviewing for jobs from May to January. So very, very long time. Um, The beginning, my resume sucked. My cover letter sucked. uh, And my interviews were awkward. By the end, I was so confident. So it really, really does take practice. Um, And your resume is something that is going to change every single day. Every time you look at it, you're going to change it. It's never going to be fully complete. And so it's always evolving, always changing. And same with your cover letter. So you've just got to like, it just takes time to perfect it, practice to perfect it. Um, Definitely use those resources in college, those resume workshops, writing classes for your cover letter. Always submit a cover letter. Uh, There's a debate about that, but I think it's a selling point if you can really sell yourself. Um, But I will say I got my hopes up um, a lot. I thought that people would come to me. Nobody comes to you. <laughs> you have to put yourself out there. Um, at the beginning, I wasn't confident at all. Uh, and I think that translated in my interviews, definitely. And then at the beginning, I definitely wasn't picking my niche. So you have to narrow it down, especially depending on what you do. Definitely in marketing, you need to narrow down what you like. Um, so, so when you say, and this is a great example, because when you say marketing, people like, oh, that's so broad. So mm-hmm. what's your- Niche in marketing. Give us some examples of specifically someone that's in marketing. What are some directions they can go in? Right. Okay. So, I at the beginning I was applying for you know any and every video editor job, um, social media manager position for anything. Um, This went from like beauty products to 
the most random things. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to like this. I'm just applying, you know, I'm just applying to get a job. Um, and then I started really thinking about what I, what I enjoy, what I like. Um, and so I was like, I, I really want to be in the ski surf or outdoor industry. Um, so I started looking into jobs there. I applied for, you know, video assistant jobs, social media manager assistant jobs, um, ad specialist jobs, uh, graphic design positions. And I ultimately ended up, my position now is a, um, I'm a assistant marketing manager for Aspen Skiing Company. Um, so actually my job is pretty broad in marketing because I do help, um, a lot of the marketing team with anything from copywriting, social media coverage, graphic design. So like all these things, video, so all these things that I was applying for, um, I'm really just doing in this role now. Uh, but a couple of companies that I got close to getting a job you know, I went through almost like five interviews with them. My hopes were so high. I was so ready uh, to get this, to get this job offer. And, you know, I got the email and that I didn't get it. And those, those moments are just so crushing because it's such a grueling process. It's so ego crushing, crushing. You're like, oh, I'm the best for this. I'm the best candidate How did you for this position. How did you overcome that? Because that almost sounds like college, right? You didn't get yeah. accepted to this college or a sorority. You didn't get accepted to the sorority, right? Yeah. So those, it's rejection. And I'm telling these students, you're going to get rejected not only for college sororities, but now in the real world jobs. So how did you overcome that? Because if you're getting rejected by four or five companies, and obviously you have your support system, you talk to your parents, what is that like? And how do you how do you, what recommendation would you give to a student to keep battling? I definitely equate it to sorority recruitment a lot because it, it that's also ego crushing, which uh, <laughs> it all works out in the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does sound a little, you know, um, it definitely works out in the end. You have really no option but to keep grinding. And honestly, I would have really hard days where I wouldn't have any job prospects online that I found that I was excited about. So I wouldn't apply to anything. But then there were days that I found like three new job postings that I was like super excited about. So it's kind of the excitement that kept me going and like looking for jobs and finding new ones and like, oh my gosh, I would love this. I see myself here. And it's that excitement that really kept me right. going. And it also, right. But let me ask you this. It is a challenge. Talk about the networking out of all these opportunities that you had or that you got. How many interviews or people that you had introductions to came from somebody that you knew? Because this is huge. I talk about networking all yeah. the time. I look at people I'm helping right now get jobs and it's all through somebody um, that maybe just get your foot in the door. But at the ultimate end of the day, I can get Haley's foot in the door, but Haley has to close it. Right. Um, you have to have a network. So I did want to move to Park City, Utah. <laughs> so I was messaging anyone and everyone in the outdoor industry on LinkedIn um, and just putting myself out there, like not even asking them for a job, but asking them how they like their job, how they like Utah, if they know of any job openings in the area, um, 
what's what are the best companies in the area to work for uh lifestyle you know anything and everything like that and I I had this joke that I was like everyone in Park City is talking about me they're like oh did Haley Bain email you too (laughs) but it's like get yourself out there Right. You have to. LinkedIn is a big, big resource and you can pay for premium so you can get um, unlimited uh, mail messages. So 40, you can email people. A month, I use that in my sales position right. today. <laughs> yeah. You can also get um, uh, some plugins that show people's email if they they can find them uh, online. So I would reach out over email sometimes. Sometimes I would just um, LinkedIn DM. But I definitely... Once I started building that, when I knew where I wanted to go and I knew what industry I wanted to be in and I started networking and really just putting myself out there on LinkedIn, I feel like everyone started connecting in my head, you know, like, oh, this person knows this person. Oh, this person knows that person, you know, so it's really, it does take time, but you have to build that web and then eventually, uh, you know, that person is going to be, you know, knowing this person who's interviewing you and you can use that. Absolutely. It does, it does take a while, but pick, pick what you want. Be picky. It might take a long, longer to get a job, but you can be picky and you can really network on LinkedIn, reach out to anyone and everyone. You have to be confident. Let me ask you this because times have changed. And you be honest here, because I know there's a lot of email. Thank you for the uh, interview. Obviously, someone's going to do that. How many personal thank you cards did you write after your interviews to whoever whoever you interviewed with? No physical card. No physical handwritten cards, but emails. Do you think that would have helped you or separated you? Sure. I honestly had never even thought about it, but I think a lot of people actually don't write follow-up emails. Um, so I definitely made my follow-up email stand out with something. Um, to write a follow-up email, you need to thank them for the interview, obviously. Thank them for their time. Talk about something you learned in the interview and why it made you excited. Um, talk about a personal detail about them, if you remember. Make it about them. And then also end with something that sets you apart and sells you. And then say, you know, looking forward to hearing back from you, blah, blah, blah. Leave it open-ended. Leave it, leave it as like you're, you're really excited. And honestly, interview like you already have the job. (laughs) You have to be so confident and just like try to fit in as much as you can. Um, And if it's the right job for you, you will. Um, And you'll see that. during the interview, you'll see the ease during, of talking to them. What, and I encourage people always to ask questions, not the canned questions. What are like one or two questions that you like to ask or that you did ask that would stand out and separate you from other candidates? Yeah, um, I actually have some written down from my last interview with right. Aspen. Be- um, very detailed, very yeah, organized so- here. Haley Bain. <laughs> So this was a panel interview. So it was four of my coworkers now. Um, and I talked about really niche. I asked really niche questions because you want you want to stand out. You don't want to ha- ask generic questions because you've 
already gone through, you know, the first interview, the screening interview where you've asked those generic questions. Um, one of them was what was one of the biggest challenges um, or what will be one of the biggest challenges that you'll face this year? So thinking about like me join, potentially joining a, a team, I'm, I'm wanting to know what a challenge as a team will be this year and how what their plan is to overcome it. Then going off of that, something that they learned as a team last year that they would maybe implement this year. And then it's always good to ask their management styles, because if I'm, you know, working under people, I want to make sure their management styles align with like my work ethic, uh, my work styles as well. So, yeah, that was a really good question. And I feel like they were kind of like taken aback by those questions they had to sit there and think, which is it's kind of funny to like be the interviewee and interview interview the interviewers, <laughs> um, but definitely Absolutely. try to ask questions that'll sit stop and make them think. I always tell candidates this: they're interviewing you. You should be interviewing them as well because it's a relationship. You're working yeah. for them, they're working for you, mm-hmm. and uh, candidates don't realize that. And, and if you can just be curious and ask a lot of questions, so you think you're good at interviewing? Yeah. We're gonna we're we're gonna end on some fun stuff. All right. I always talk about, oh, no. first of all, I'm going to put you on the spot now. All right. Cause I've interviewed oh. a lot of people and hired a lot of people. So first uh, I'm going to tee it up. I'm going to make it easy. Do you know what an elevator pitch is? A 30 second elevator pitch. Yeah. yeah all right. I don't. All right. So oh, no. I'm nervous. Okay. All right. We're, we're in an elevator, right? Haley Bain from university of South Carolina, the real USC. We step in an elevator. She's going to floor 10. We're on the lobby okay. level now. I push floor okay. eight. Here we go. Hey, how are you doing today? Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Haley. What, what are you doing here? What do you do? Oh, I'm in advertising. So I studied advertising in college and it's truly my passion. I love watching uh, a brand shape its um, consumer's mindset and how uh, it really shapes the perspective of people. Quality creative is what really drives me. And I love mixing that with uh, my passions, which are in the outdoor industry. So anything and everything um, outdoor related, uh, sign me up because uh, you you can't teach passion. And that's something that I uh, really want to hone oh, in. Now the elevator door is opening. All right, great. <laughs> 30 second elevator pitch. Oh my gosh, I am the CEO of this marketing company. And matter of fact, we're looking to hire somebody, but real, real, real quick, and I'll have someone contact you. Why should I hire you? You should hire me because I know what looks good. I have a great work ethic. You can't teach people what looks good. You can't teach an employee to have a great eye for design, but I, that's something that I have. That's something that I can implement. I have the passion. I have the drive. You can't teach passion as well. So I'm here and I'm ready to join the team. All right. We're going to get out of role play. First of all, I'm going to commend you because obviously when I met you, you saw my energy and excitement. I liked your energy excitement. You definitely do have passion. Okay. We we, we have passion, right? We have that same passion cells, those of you who are listening, it didn't, I didn't care what Haley said in her 30 second elevator pitch. Me personally, and here's what people are looking for. They just want to know if you can communicate and sell a story. Mm-hmm. I was just saying that she can keep something short, simple and to the point, but she had a smile. She had passion. She had energy. And then when I asked her, why should I hire her again? I'm not looking for 
whatever she says, right? It's how she says it. And you, you nailed it. Like you came across very <laughs> enthusiastic, energetic, right? Mm-hmm. So props to you. And those that are listening, you Thank just you. heard perfect examples of a solid 30 second elevator pitch and a very short, why should I hire you? But I'm going to see if she's really good at behavioral questions. Okay? No. <laughs> so Haley, do you think you're coachable? I do think I'm coachable. I grew up swimming and I had uh, amazing coaches and, you know, they knew that my coaching style was telling me I can't do something. So I would go out and do it. (laughs) So they would say, you can't do this. And under this, under this time. And I would say, yes, I can. (laughs) And I would go out and do it. All right. So so see, Haley even took it one step further. I was just going to say, are you coachable? And and she would say yes. And and a great follow-up is, Give me an example, but she was proactive and she gave herself an example. So, yes, uh, congratulations on that. You've been fun. You. This has been great. Yeah, this Inter- has been great. Right? Uh, I, yeah. I told you it'd be fun. But and and, yeah, and again, we met on the ski slopes in Aspen. A friend of mine runs the. I don't even know what it's called. You're the assistant marketing manager for Aspen Skiing Company. Yeah, Skiing Company. Right? It's her niche. She's outdoors, and if you follow yeah. her on Instagram. I'm obviously I'm going to tag her on this. She's always out there skiing. She probably can ski faster than me. Next time you're in Deer Valley, next time you're in Park City, um, hit me up. I, I, I know I people networking, right? If you want to like yeah. move it to a different area. Uh, yeah. But for follower news and the student manager, we've had Haley Bain. It's been a great guest. Go Gamecocks. Go Cox. News. <laughs> out.